Welcome back to J. Tom Lawler, Inc. in North End. Over the score after one, Merrimack two, Boston University nothing. I'm Mike Backick with John Leahy. This first intermission is brought to you by Fuddruckers, an official partner of Merrimack Athletics. Make sure that you stop in at Fuddruckers for a burger or delicious salad before or after the next Warrior game. They're located just down the street from Merrimack at 550 Turnpike Street, and they also have locations in Reading and Salem, New Hampshire. So Merrimack with goals that first period from a pair of Northville, Michigan natives, Michael Babcock and Logan Coombs, one on the power play, one at even strength. Shots on goal in the first was 16 to 14 in favor of Merrimack and the Warriors lead 2 to nothing. Joe Britannia joins us here, he's the commissioner of the Hockey East Association. Uh, Joe, a lot of action in that first period. Uh, Merrimack, of course, wanted to get off to a good start in their first Hockey East game at home and uh, scoring first as well as taking the lead at the end of one accomplishes that. Yeah, pretty physical period too. I, I, I was looking to see BU getting a little frustrated there as the shots were kind of mounting up uh, against them. They only closed the gap, I think, in the last five minutes because of the uh, power play, but great period to watch for, uh, for those of us who don't have a rooting interest. It's just a good hockey period. Uh, before we move on and talk about hockey here, uh, Red Sox World Series coming up here. Uh, what jumps up out of you the most and the Red Sox run so far this year, and especially here in the postseason? I'm very impressed with the manager and, and the respect that the players seem to have for him. I want to see what he's going to do with uh, where Martinez is going to play Tuesday. There's some reports that uh, Betts might play second base, which would be interesting. Um, I, I spent a year of a younger life in Milwaukee, at uh, playing for the Milwaukee Admirals and going to the uh, journalism school at Marquette. So it's my second favorite city, a Boston-Milwaukee World Series. would be pretty good. I was actually out there during the 75 World Series, um, so I missed uh, all the action. We had our face-off dinner at a Tuxar on the night of Game 6 at the Mark Plaza Hotel. I ran upstairs and I caught uh, Fisk's home run uh, the night that the hockey team opened up its uh, season. Well, uh, let's turn our attention now to hockey. Uh, first of all, uh, give us an update. Where do things stand in terms of issues facing the game? What's the uh, one or two of the most important issues you'd say uh, facing college hockey right now? Well, I think we have some uh, problems that other sports have as far as getting fans to come to games. You know, I see it in basketball and see it in others. We're a you know, single sport conference. We depend on, on the tournament to do well, people to go to our games, go to our games all year. So there's an awful lot more marketing on hours and branding and stuff going on when I started in this job as you're trying to compete with all the other things that we can do on a Friday, Saturday night. I'm not a huge fan about starting so early. You know, we shouldn't be talking about the World Series. And we've got some schools that played five or six games already, but that's an old issue. I think internally we got to do better outside of our league. Uh, we had a, a, a tough year last year winning games outside the league. We had a losing record at home in our non-league games. And uh, we had a rough last, last Friday. I think we were up at one point seven to one, and then we went three and nine the rest of the weekend and evened everything out. So I'd like to see us. You know, I, I know these things go in cycles, but we got to start proving that we're the league we think we are and start to, to show some success. You know, we've had great success in areas like I think we had seventy-three hockey East players in the NHL lineups on opening night than most we've ever had. But you get the good news, bad news. When, when we announced that we had more players drafted in the NHL draft than any other league, my thought said, "Well, that's probably more." guys are going to leave school early because those are the guys that don't stay for four years so this is how the game has grown and uh, it's great that we we're producing players that are NHL ready but I, I, you know, I want to see guys like fans that can, can follow these guys from freshman year on you know, stay for four years get their education get 
some sort of special team that comes together from a bunch of guys to stay together. And those things don't happen like they used to. Uh, recruiting also. I mean, it's always a, a constant issue, it seems. I know there's been uh, some recent legislation talked about. Can you tell us what's going on there? So there's been a, an attempt across the NCAA to slow down the recruiting process. I think a lot of us wince when we hear about the latest 15-year-old that's committed. And uh, So what they've done in true NCAA fashion is one set of rules for football and basketball and in theory one for the rest of us. But we were able to push some legislation for hockey-specific at least the men's hockey. The women tried to do it and were not successful. What I mean by that is they're setting dates when you can reach out and have contact with recruitable athletes when they can visit. And now uh, for everybody other than sports I mentioned it's, it's September 1 of the junior year so that's much later than what we've seen hockey is petitioning to move that a little earlier because of our battles with Canadian junior hockey and we're trying to start the process January 1 of the sophomore year so we're trying to start nine months earlier than the rest of the sports world and we made a good case I mean they, they actually the, the council that reviews these things accepted our argument that we're a little bit different than the other sports and that we're competing with the Canadian juniors on one end and we're and we're losing guys to the pros on the other end. And since these kids are making these decisions, we need a little bit of early start. And I think that that will go into the next legislative cycle. So I think we'll know in April if that gets passed. So tell us about the television contracts for uh, Hockey East. I saw Northeastern on Nesson last night. That seems like it's going as strong as ever. So what's happened is we're, we're not negotiating league-wide contracts anymore. As schools uh, invest in their own facilities and the, and the quality of the broadcast they're creating for their own streaming network, is now getting to the point where a, a, a Nesson or a NBC Boston, somebody can take the production right through the school. You don't have to bring the trucks over. You don't have to spend all the production money. So we're going to end up with 50-plus games on uh, Nesson or, or NBC Boston, but all produced by the schools. The only agreement that we have in the league will be for our championships. Uh, we, Nesson, again, is doing our both our men's and women's championships, and we think we're going to get Nesson to do the women's team part for the first time, which would be a nice uh, uh, perk for the women's so that's the new world that we're actually looking at some streaming out, uh, outfits that want, want all our games. Um, we're one of the few leagues that hasn't gone down that road yet. We're fairly lucrative uh, offers where they make you an offer that they, they own all the games. When I say all the games, if we do this, each school would have the ability to opt in or opt out. They don't want to do it. And, and those that opt in will probably be able to protect, I don't know, four or five games that they could put on over the air. But, you know, I've watched my own kids viewing happen in my house, you know, they're watching things on their laptop, they're not, they're not prisoners of what's on television, there's a lot of British soccer fans in my house, and they're, they're watching Tottenham and Chelsea, whatever they're playing, because they, you know, they know how to do it, God forbid I'm home alone, I can't figure out how to turn the TV on, so I end up reading a book. Playoff schedule changed this year, back down to uh, the top eight make it, the bottom three don't make it, uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, the coaches wanted everybody in, uh, the athletic directors overruled them. Uh, I, I understand the first round has never been a real popular, uh, well-attended, you know, there's some talk about the teams with the weakest records taking something away from the, the stronger teams. We try to put teams into the NCAA. Um, you know, I, I've never complained over all those many years we were the only league that 
some game it wasn't like anybody got in. It does add more value to the regular season. I think what the, the rub is going to be is that whoever finishes ninth this year, you know, they could be two points out of sixth and, uh, and not get in in a league like this. And it's happened before. It has happened before. And, uh, you know, last year our first place team didn't get in the NCAA tournament. So a lot of odd things can happen. But I think overall, I, I've over the years been more of a fan of let the regular season mean something and then you're your best eight teams play. Well, we'll have the, the tournament in Ireland coming up again this year, Northern Ireland. Uh, tell us about that. And uh, how does that look going forward? Uh, uh, you know, opportunities for maybe some of the Merrimack hasn't been there yet. Maybe they'll get to go sometime. No, and, we, and we've talked about that. I've actually passed that along from Jeremy to the people of Belfast. They're actually leaving Wednesday. Steve Agwell and I are going over Wednesday with a representative of uh, BU, Connecticut Union, and Yale. Those are the four schools. And uh, Northeastern and Clarkson women are going to play in January. Not a tournament, but they're each going to play each other twice before Belfast Giants double the doubleheader. Um, it's a, they're spending a lot of money to do this. It's a great experience for our athletes. They're starting to see some of the athletes who will play after they graduate stay and sign with the Belfast Giants. So they've got a couple of Colgate players who played the first one and they take grad courses at either Ulster or Queens College. And it's, a, it's a great experience. I mean, you're, you do it Thanksgiving week so that athletes can really get out into the community and visit schools and understand the history of that area. There's a little bit of concern with the Brexit discussions going on. What that will mean uh, they may have to reinstitute a hard border between Ireland and Northern Ireland. And, you know, we have teams really, often fly into Ireland, right, and they go up to Dublin and then bus uh, into Northern Ireland. But the, the, the building is first class. We play two league games, an ECAC versus ECAC hockey is first hockey. So they wanted meaningful games. We're delivering them real games, and then it guarantees the crossover. So next year, uh, UNH is going over. Uh, still blank. I think um, Northeast is going back for a second time because you can do one every four years. So they're trying to find a way to do it. The, next year will be the first year that the schools actually are paying their plane fare. Up till now, the hosts have paid plane, hotel, ground transportation, meals. So to help this thing grow, it actually starts with the women's teams in January. They'll pay their plane fare, and then everything else is coming when they get over there. And they want to keep it going. If they have to eventually go every other year or do something to spread it up, but it's such a good experience for everybody. And uh, hopefully we can't get our back over there. And uh, finally, Joe, any more plans for Frozen Fenway going forward? Yeah, we haven't announced anything formally, but we've picked games for uh, January 2020. Just have to, to finalize it. Merrimack is uh, uh, in that uh, group, um, but I don't want to jump the gun on the Red Sox. We've got two doubleheaders tentatively scheduled for those first two weekends of January. Great. Thanks, as always, Joe. We appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for all you do. We appreciate it. Talk to you again soon. What you guys do as well. I appreciate it. It's always good to see you. Joe Bertani with us, the Commissioner of Hockey East. Uh, good chatting with him. We'll be back with more right after this. The score at the end of the first period of play, Mer- Merrimack leads BU by the score of 2 to nothing. Back with more after this. This is Warrior Hockey.